If you would turn with me to the 23rd Psalm, we continue on in our Psalm series, and we're in Psalm 23. That's the passage and text we are going to look at this morning. I received a text message from Larry Burke, who's not with us this morning. He's leading worship at First Baptist in Fenton, and he texted me just two days ago. He said, Psalm 23 has come to mean so much to Kim and I, much more than a pretty psalm. We feel as if we're living it out in our lives day by day. Christ, our shepherd, gives us life and peace, comfort, provision, correction, and guidance. His presence, goodness, and mercy reminds us that he is leading us to a place of eternal joy. Wow. Psalm 23 is the antidote to all dark things, fearful, depressing, discouraging, uncertain, and evil in the world. Amen. If you look with me at the text, and if you have the ESV version I'm going to read it. In fact, I believe, is, is it on the PowerPoint? I'm going to read it, and it should be out on the screen too. Would you read it with me? We normally don't do this, but let's all read this together. Hopefully, I can set the pace, and you can follow me in the pace as we read it. So Psalm 23, it's a Psalm of David. Let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 23 may be the mo- one of the most, if not the most, famous passages in the entire Old Testament Bible. Six verses that are often memorized, sometimes sung, often read at weddings or at hospital beds and surely at funerals. And it comes from the pen of David the sweet psalmist of Israel, the king who was the shepherd to God's people Israel and who literally was a shepherd in his early days. And you find in 1 Samuel 16 that when he was anointed, he came in from the fields shepherding his father's sheep. This psalm is often entitled after that first line, the Lord is my shepherd. I've read and I listened to this passage and listen to sermons and commentaries on this passage, tons of them this week and over the last few weeks, as I've meditated on this favorite psalm of mine and maybe of yours. Uh, For some, this psalm, as you read it, these six verses, have that first metaphor, the Lord is my shepherd, and and some commentators or Preachers take that whole psalm and run that metaphor through all six verses and say he's talking about a shepherd the whole way through. But but it seems like 
at verse 5, there seems to be a shift of the Lord is my shepherd, green pastures, still waters, your rod and your staff, they come for me. That's all shepherd stuff. And then at verse 5, he takes us to a different plane and he says, you prepare a table before me. And it's as though it could be that a shepherd, as they would do in Middle Eastern times or even still there, he would, they would, in an area where there's poisonous food and to possibly get into and wolves, he would prepare a, a feeding trough in the fields in order to bring the sheep into. That could be what he's saying. He prepares a table. Or David might be just mixing the metaphor a little bit and brings us to and says, now, God is not only your shepherd, he is your host. He is a kingly host who welcomes you into his tent or his palace. He prepares this table and your enemies are all around you and his armies are protecting you. And while your enemies are surrounding you, you feast And in ancient times, if you eat with him, he has pledged his loyalty and his devotion and his protection to you, and he has anointed you with oil from your journeys. He has filled your cups full. You are his family now. Is it all about the shepherd? Is it somewhat about a host? Maybe. Maybe it's just all together. The way I want to look at this passage this morning is by pondering with you a few aspects of the Lord's work as using this metaphor of sheep, the shepherd, his shepherding, and the good shepherd. Let's just begin with this, this idea here in this passage where he says, the Lord is my shepherd, and if you look closely enough, you see there's, there's sheep here. Now, sheep is singular and plural. Sheep, we have a lot of sheep here. And I am a sheep. That's a singular. And we see a sheep here. A sheep here. The sheep is writing this song. It's David. And we're going to get to him in just a moment here. It says it's a psalm of David. But I want you to think about sheep for a moment in general. I never have owned sheep, but I grew up raising my dad owned goats we had a little dairy goat farm and so i was like a mini shepherd and i would milk goats and i would feed goats and i would clean the goats pen and i would actually bring and lead some goats out into pasture and i would lead them and my parents made me every day in the summer go and take them for walks and they would go out into the fields that my parents had the properties that we have and there we would have the goats and they would follow me if they were doing it right, and then the dog or collie would follow us, and then the cat George, the female cat George, would follow us, and we were quite a sight. As a teenage boy, I'm out there, and I have goats, and I have a collie, and I have a black cat following us. But think of, I never had sheep, I had goats, and they say that goats are a lot cleaner a lot more intuitive and smart, especially in comparison to sheep. Their, their, their milk is a lot better than sheep, let me say that. Sheep are a common metaphor that God uses in the Bible for his people. I read this morning in my devotions the hundred 
and nine, the 99 and one sheep, and he rejoices when he rescues a sheep. You are his sheep. It's not a compliment that he calls us sheep in one sense. Sheep are weak and destitute. They're defenseless. They're prone to wander, unable to return on their own, and always seems to be surrounded by wolves in ancient times. Is that us? Sheep can hardly do anything by themselves. They can't fight a wolf off by themselves. Never have. They have no speed in their arsenal, so they can't outrun their predators. They, have, they do not have the foresight of the ant in Proverbs to prepare for the winter and prepare for hard times. They have none of that. They are absolutely at all times dependent on something outside of them and hopefully a good shepherd. We might even think that sheep are silly. Ba, ba, ba. We, and just imagine though, if sheep who are not humans do not have moral nature like us, they don't have a conscience, and they don't even have, they might have instincts, but they don't have a heart to trust like we do, like the way we say heart. Their hearts are beating, but not the kind of heart we do. But just imagine though, if these sheep were like humans, and if those sheep had the capacity and the frailty, the spiritual frailty, or the depravity like we do, to mistrust their shepherd. Could you imagine sheep who would be so full of care and worry and trembling at the thought of winter. What's going to happen? There's winter coming. It's not, I'm not ready for it. And there's wolves, what am I going to do? And what if I could not get to green pastures? Oh, if that were the case for them, they would be surrounded by absolute worry and care all the time, unless they were surrounded by haystacks. They would be, from morning until night, worrying how they are going to get out of the wolf's way. And we could say, like one author, John Newton, wrote to a, a letter to a woman, poor, wise, silly sheep. If you had not a shepherd, your schemes would be fruitless. When your hearts are broken with care and worry, you would still be unable to preserve for yourself as you were before. And if you have a good shepherd, those cares are all needless. Is not your shepherd, if he's good, all that you need? Yes. And isn't that how we are? There are so many things that we can do, we cannot do in our lives that we worry and care about. And those worries and cares cannot add a single cubit, a single inch to our, light, our height or a single year to our life, as Jesus said. But, but that's not where David is in this psalm, the sheep. In, the, in this psalm, the sheep, David, he says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. Now, that, that's, that comes from the King James Bible, I shall not want. If you use the NIV, it would say, I have all that I need. That's probably a better rendition of it. It doesn't sound as beautiful. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, all, I have all that I need. That's a beautiful truth. It doesn't mean you don't ever want anything, but I, I have all that I need. Or as another translation says, God is my shepherd, I don't need a thing. I lack, the NIV says, I lack nothing. That's, that's what the sheep says here. And in verse 4, he says, he's with me. Even in darkness, death, I will fear no evil. And as he thinks about the end of his life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm is a psalm of confidence. It is a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a psalm of praise. I shall not want. I have all that I need because he's my shepherd. He cares for me. And therefore, I'm at peace. And he describes it with shepherd terms of what this shepherd does for his sheep. And he says, because of that, I am a contented sheep. Oh, the, the gift, the, what the old timers and the Puritans called the, the divine art of contentment or the, the unique and rare jewel of contentment. It is a sweet, inward, quiet, gracious spirit in our hearts which freely submits to God, our shepherd, and our caregiver, for him to wisely dispose of us and choose the circumstances of our lives so that what things happen, like hard things and good things, we trust that they are from the Lord. Contentment is a deep satisfaction in God and his will. And we see that from the psalmist. And he says it has a result because he is with me. This shepherd, the sheep can get all worked up about the difficulties and the dangers that are around and come at them. But when they sense the presence of the shepherd, they can continue eating. And he says, because you are with me, I will fear no evil. Death is coming, the darkness is on me, but he is present and he cares for me. I don't fear what people think about me. I don't let those fears control me because I know what he thinks about me. I don't have to be afraid of not having control because he is in control. I don't fear the loss of my reputation, the loss of my money, the loss of my home or my freedom because he has me and I trust him. Oh, I love the picture of this sheep in the psalm. I want to be this sheep. I want to be able to say with, with a genuine heart, I want you to be able to say, I want you young people, these guys in the front, teens here in this room, in all ages for us to live our lives and say, oh, God is my shepherd. I lack no good thing. So you see the sheep, but I want you to do that where does that come from? It comes from the shepherd. So I want you to secondly see the shepherd. He says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. We've, we've, I've mentioned this many times over the last few years. Anytime in the Old Testament you have all the letters of Lord capitalized, capital L-O-R-D. Anytime you have that, this is the special Hebrew name for Yahweh. 
or Jehovah. It is not just a name for God. It is like his formal, specific name. It is the name he chose to reveal himself, specially to his people. It means I am that I am. I always will be. I am the same today and yesterday and forever. And I am your special God who will take care of you. I made the heavens and earth, and I will take care of you, and I will keep you in my covenant. And he says, that Lord is my shepherd. He watches over me. He is the Lord is the one who leads his sheep. And he says this a few verses later. He leads them in righteousness, or he literally it means in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So he's doing all of all of the shepherding for Yahweh's namesake. And he says, that is my shepherd. My shepherd so watches over me, amazingly me. This is a personal psalm. He is my shepherd. I shall not want because he is watching over me and he is doing it all for his namesake, the shepherd's namesake. In fact, he delivered people out of, out of Egypt in slavery, dividing the Red Sea and bringing them out, bringing the plagues in order for Pharaoh to say, go, let them go. He fed the manna in the wilderness when they rebelled against God and created a golden image, a calf. And God was going to destroy him. But yet, for God's namesake, he showed mercy. For God's namesake, he listened and delivered them from Egypt. For God's namesake, he does everything. What that means is for God's reputation, he will act. And he says, this shepherd, his name, Yahweh, is my shepherd. And in his shepherding, he's watching over me. He's going to care for me. I need to know the shepherd. Oh, this is my personal, this is my shepherd. He cares for me. And this shepherd has all the power in the world and all the wisdom of the world and all the compassion and care and fullness and faithfulness. And all of those qualities are unlimited. They're infinite. It'd be one thing to have a guardian and a protector, but to know that that guardian and protector sometimes forgets, that sometimes is distracted, that protector sometimes just isn't strong enough for some of the enemies, or he is just annoyed at me, and so he might not take care of me because he's annoyed at me because I'm so wandering all the time, he's not going to take care of me. That's not what David finds rest in. He knows there is a shepherd whose name, he works all things, and that shepherd is perfect in his compassion, and so do you and I. Friends, as believers in Jesus Christ, as people that come and embrace this book and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved, as God's people we believe in a God that has revealed himself in this book through Jesus Christ. And this God is faithful. And he is this shepherd. And the shepherd that David had is the shepherd that you have or can have today. This shepherd never slumbers or sleeps like some good shepherds might. This shepherd always has his eye on the care of his sheep. His ears are always listening for their cry. His arms are always under his people. 
And he says that he brings goodness and mercy in pursuit of them all the days of their life. That word goodness and mercy at the end of this is really the word that is used in the Old Testament, his steadfast love, his hesed. It is his covenantal commitment that he pledges for us, that he'll never let us go. It is awesome. So we, we see a sheep. We see the shepherd that he trusts in. And, and what kind of care does he give us? For most of the remaining time, I, just, I want us to ponder the fact that this shepherd cares for us. He is shepherding us. I, 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 am, I go by the title of pastor or pastor Daniel. I, along with the other elders of this church. That word pastor literally means shepherd. Shepherd. I, I am called to do something that the Bible says is shepherding. And the Bible uses the metaphor that way in, because he calls God's people sheep. Now, I'm a sheep too, and I need to be shepherded, and you need to be shepherded. But one of the callings that God has put in my life to, to shepherd he gave Israel's kings as a, a role and a call to shepherd their people. And the elders and leaders of the people of Israel were called to be shepherds, but they were failed shepherds. So much so that in the prophecy, prophetic book of Ezekiel, towards the end of the Old Testament, and God is going to judge his people and their, for their wickedness, but he was going to restore his people and bring a savior, the Messiah. He condemned God's people, and he said, Your, you shepherds have been selfish and proud, and you have been luxurious, and you have fed yourself, and you have not been watchful. You have not done your duty. And then he says this in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11. He says, but I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. Later, he says, I will rescue them from all their places. And in verse 13 of chapter 34 of Ezekiel, I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. And in verse 15, and I will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God, and I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. We have similar characteristics of what we find here from David. David, may, I think that David probably might have been reflecting later on his life as a king now. And he's looking back at all the ups and downs. And David's life was a mess a lot of times. David was a wandering sinner at times. And yet he had a heart after God, seeking God. And I think maybe David, as he reflects on his life, he thinks in terms of, yet just like my great, 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 great grandfather, Jacob, as he gathered Joseph's sons beside them and was going to bless them, and he said to the sons, as God, who has been my God, the God of our fathers, and who has been a shepherd all my long life, David says, he's been a shepherd of all my long life. And I, I need to pen this. 
And it needs to be sung in Israel. And for generations from generations, they need to know this God deep down in your bones. Young men, young women, old men and old women, and everyone in between, you need with all your heart to know this shepherd and know his care. And this is what David says. And I I summarize, you could summarize it in three points or five points. I just want to give to you five things about what this shepherd does, his shepherding care. First of all, I, I want to say he guides us and he provides us for us and he corrects us and he protects us and he keeps us. And and those things are are amazing. Those things on your hospital bed and on your deathbed if God gives you a deathbed. Sometimes we don't even have one. It just we go. We go when we didn't expect it. That we will live our lives resting in his shepherding care. He's, first, I want you to see he guides me, David says. The Lord guides me. He says in verse 2, he leads me besides green. He leads me to, he caused me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. That word leads me in paths of righteousness, it it can also be said, he leads me in right paths, the paths that I need to go. I think that's probably the sense in which it means. And what David is saying, oh, I want you to know this, shepherd, he has guided me. Oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him, seek him, cry out to him. Say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And he says, this shepherd, there is nothing more comforting and more helpful and more needed than that you have a God that will guide you and direct you to correct you, to lead you in this book. This book guides us in the general ways in which everything this book tells us we should do, that's his guidance. He will never guide you or whisper to you or give you a feeling or an inclination to do something different than this book. If you're feeling like he's leading you to do something that's in disobedience to this book, your feelings are wrong. This book is right. He leads you in paths of righteousness And he's going to always lead you to honor and glorify him. But he's going to lead you in that which is right. And David is saying, better than any sheep of which I have guided sheep and watched, brought them, and brought them to the right pasture lands so that they could lie down and rest and they could eat. To the right still waters for them to get their drink and then to rest and be at peace and content. To bring them through the difficult terrain of the, the forest or the valleys, he says, I will be your guide. Think about that. Think about one, just think about the idea of going one week without him. What if for one week God said, this week I'm not going to guide you. I'm not going to provide any guidance for you at all this week if you're all on your own. How would you, do you want to go that week? I mean, could all of us, some of us might say, but I never really seek him for guidance. But now that you say it like that, I would never want to test it. He is our guide, he says. He guides us. And he provides for us, number two. He provides us. That is so much of what this psalm is. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I, 
I will not want. I, I am provided for. I, the green pastures he takes me and leads me to. Those, the waters that I need. He says he prepares a table before me. He causes my cup to overflow. And this is a precious truth of a good shepherd who says, everything you need, I will provide for you. And what this means in our lives is that we walk and live a life of faith saying, God, you put me into this life and there are going to be times where I'm going to think I need something. Do you realize that most people probably have and are living off of about 15 to 30 fake needs? I think I need your approval. I think I need my wife's love. I think I need to be a good preacher. I think I need to have a full church to be happy. I think I need to have my kids saved and live long forever. I don't need those things. I need the shepherd. I can want those things and love them and pray for them and be thankful when those things happen. What are your lists of fake needs that you live off? If those things aren't happening at the moment, you are distraught, discontent, and frustrated. David says, he provides for me. I have all that I want. I have all that I need. This means is to learn that God, the shepherd, so works and orchestrates the things in our lives so that everything that I don't have, that I think I have, I must actually not need. And everything that I really want, I, all those things, I just need, to, and the things that I have that I don't want, and I want them out of my life, I must need. There must be there. That affliction that I want gone, it's what I need. It's the food that the shepherd is guiding me here. He says he provides for us. I guess the, Jesus said to his people, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or what you, your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or gather into barns, and yet your father cares for them? Are you not more, value, more valuable than they? Which of you, can, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of your life? Your anxiety will not increase your life. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, look to him. He is a shepherd who guides and provides, and he corrects. I love this phrase when he says, he restores my soul. Faith Church, have hope. If you're a Christian, he restores your soul. What, what does he mean by that? I, I love in the little, Philip Keller's little book on a shepherd's guide to this 23rd Psalm, he says this, there is an exact parallel to this in caring for sheep. Only those intimately acquainted, acquainted with sheep have their, and their habits understand the significance of a cast sheep or a cast down sheep. This is an old English term a shepherd uses for a sheep that's turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. A cast sheep is a very pathetic sight. Imagine going out into the field and seeing a sheep upside down with its legs up in the, up in the air, 
that sheep is in trouble. It is a, has a problem. And he says, and I, he says, I think that's what the psalmist is saying. And the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. He takes care of it. He takes it, and that cast sheep, he turns us over. And think of how many times God does that in our lives. You and I are cast down in our lives. We can be depressed. We can be caught in our sin and in our guilt. We are frustrated and bitter. We are pain. We are finding ourselves in patterns of no confidence in the shepherd, and we're overwhelmed, and God has come into our lives, and he restores our soul. And this, he says, that's what he's done. David knows that time after time in his rebellion, his adultery, his pledge, his plotting in a way that led to a, a death, a wrongful death, manslaughter, this David says, he has restored my soul over and over again. And he can for you as well. He restores, he corrects me. He, he disciplines me when I need. And he then, he protects me. This psalm is a psalm of protection. The day he says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. They are comfort me all the time. His, you know what a rod and a staff? A rod is something that is used in order to, it's a cudgel, in order to defeat a wolf or a bear in the ancient times for a shepherd. That cudgel would be used in order sometimes to just go and give a knock to that sheep because that sheep is getting out of order. Sometimes it's been known that shepherds would actually have to lame their sheep because that sheep kept on wandering, and that wandering will lead to a sure death, and so they lame it in such a way so that that sheep will stay on the right paths because this shepherd is committed to leading them in paths that are right. The crook is a stick with a curve on it, as we've seen when we, when we think of a shepherd used to take that crook and reach into a bramble bush of which the sheep has wandered off, has got caught in, and he pulls it out. This God protects us. It says he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. His rod and staff, they comfort me. He protects us, friends. I need, as God being my shepherd, I need him to protect me against outward forces. When I travel, when I'm here every day, I need, I need him to protect against the devil and against evil people, and so do you. I also need him to protect, himself, protect me from me, from my own sin, from my own prone, my wandering, from my own rebellion, from my own running to other things that will hurt me and are just revealing my silly, sinful nature. And he does that. I love what I read by John Newton when he said, we have a watchful shepherd. He neither slumbers or sleeps. His eyes are always on his people. His arms are underneath him. For this reason, their enemies cannot prevail against them. We are conscious to ourselves of many unguarded moments, aren't you? In which we might be surprised and ruined if we are left without an almighty defense. Yes, we often suffer loss by our folly. But he restores us when we're wandering. He revives us when we're fainting. He heals us when we're wounded. And having obtained his help, we continue to this hour 
and he will guard and guide us even unto death. He has delivered us, and he does deliver us. In him we will trust yet to deliver us. This Lord, shepherd, he corrects and protects. And lastly, he keeps. These are all overlapping, this protecting and providing and caring. But he says, I want to say he keeps his sheep. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, often used at funerals because of this reference of the valley of the shadow of death, literally it could be translated into the deepest darkness, which is death and all other deep darknesses. And he says, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Friends, I have been with people, church members, when they died. I've held their hand. I've sat with them or their family or both. I've read to them. I have sung to them. I have prayed with them. And I've watched them pass into death. But this shepherd, pastor, that's as far as I could go. I, brought them, I was with them as part of the valley. But I had to stay there as they entered into death. This shepherd walks us through death and all darkness. This shepherd is the shepherd they need and I need. Whether I will ever have or you will ever have a literal or a pastoral shepherd with you in those things. Psalmist says in another place that the Lord is our keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. And we could spend so many more words and thoughts and time on this psalm. And he does say, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I'm not sure where I heard of it, but I heard someone say, hey, it's almost like there's two sheepdog that God sends in our lives. He's a shepherd. He's got sheepdogs. His sheepdogs are his goodness and his mercy. And he says they're going to pursue all his people all the days of their lives. What does a sheepdog do? It, it, it brings us back into the path. It brings us back to the care of the shepherd. And I I think in our lives, when trials come our ways and we're ready to give in in despair, the faithful gift, sheepdog of goodness, God's goodness, leads us back to the care of a shepherd. Maybe it's through a friend, it's through his promises, it's through some circumstances or just his grace of refreshing our soul. And when our sins and our failures attack us and our well-being and we're ready to cave in with our shame and self-loathing. The gift of his mercy, that sheepdog comes and says, I'm merciful and faithful and forgiving and giving to you. He says, surely goodness and mercy, the better translation than that they follow me, they pursue me all the days of my life. Could it get better than that? Isn't this the Old Testament equivalent of Psalm or Romans 8:28? He works all things together for your good. He nothing will be able to separate you from his love. 
What will he spare? Anything if he hasn't spared giving you his son? If God is for you as your shepherd, who can be against you? Why do we as as believers live our days as though this shepherd isn't our shepherd? Why does anxiety, discontentment, anger, fear far too often mark us? Oh, we're frail, but he's merciful. We aren't good in ourselves, but he's good and he's making us good. I I leave us with, finally, the good shepherd, this good shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. The shepherd in Psalm 23 is is, is Jesus Christ, ultimately, for us. Jesus is the good shepherd, and Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, who I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. I know my own, and my own know me, and I lay down my life for them. Jesus is this fulfillment of Psalm 23. He guides and protects and provides and corrects, and he keeps us. And if you're here this morning, and you do not know the shepherd, and if you have not come to the shepherd, I plead with you, come today and receive the shepherd. You have, you're in big trouble if you don't have him as your shepherd. And the way you do that is by calling on him and asking him to provide for you and to save you and to take away your sins. He provides forgiveness of sins through the laying down of his life. He was raised from the dead so that he would keep us free from the fear of death. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Do you hear Jesus' voice? Do you follow him? Are you going to call? Are you looking to him? Oh, I pray that you are. You will continue to do that. That what do the sheep do? They follow. They have confidence in their shepherd. They love their shepherd. And they know they're owned by their shepherd. I want to end with this. In fact, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. There, there is an ancient catechism, not an ancient, but three or four hundred year old catechism that asks and answers the question, what is my only comfort in life and death? It's all answered in that we have a shepherd. What is your only comfort in life and death this week, next week, this year, in the last years of your life. It is this, that I am not my own, but belong both body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he has set me free from the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, I sh- Not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily ready and willing to follow him. Oh, may we know that and find that true in our shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have been our shepherd. 
And I pray that we would be able to say it like Jacob. That you have been the shepherd. You have been our shepherd for our long life or young life. I pray that as we sing this song, we would rejoice way beyond just sound of these words and sound of this, these, this tune, but that we would rejoice in your loving care. And this would be an expression of faith and of obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen.